Hello, Welsh Garibaldi Red, not impressed. Our six games without a win and they are very short on attacking options as they welcome Aston Villa to the city ground on Sunday. An informed team, a tough task ahead and Forrest in need of points. That was an intro no-no because it could have gone a lot worse. Uh, joining me to discuss the game, I'm joined first of all by Greg Mitchell. Greg, how are you doing? Good, yeah. I mean, it was a bit of a negative intro, wasn't it? So we could find some positives. <laughs> Well, we'll try and find some positives as we go along. But yeah, you're not far wrong. You're not far wrong. And also with us is Emily Anderson. Emily, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Thanks. Good. good. Um, this is recorded, by the way, not live. I should say if people are trying to comment in the live stream, you can't because uh, we couldn't do it on Thursday or Friday, unfortunately. So also Greg can't get battered in the comments for the team he picked. So he's probably pleased about that. Um, before we get into teams, then let's talk about the game in general, Greg. How are you feeling then? You said I was a bit negative there. Are you more upbeat than me or not? I'm excited because I feel like it's the first game where us fans are genuinely walking into it thinking, oh, I don't know about this one. You know, we've always been our own worst enemy with things like that, haven't we? And I think going to a real a real dogfight of a game against a very good Aston Villa team, like you say, I just think it could benefit us. Mm. No, I think you're right. I mean, we've commented on the atmosphere in general. Before I come to you, Emily, in fact, Greg, I don't. we don't want to be the atmosphere police, but you're the man who focuses on the atmosphere. It's been a bit of a concern, I guess, but you think it's going to be, you know, pretty hostile for Villa on Sunday then? Yeah, I think it has to be. I think it has to be back to how it was last year. And we've got many reasons why it hasn't been this season and it hasn't been up to those incredible levels. But I think it will be. I think this Sunday is going to be a, a special day and, Everyone's going to be ready and raring to go. And those of us who were at Anfield on Sunday sees what a, a terrible home atmosphere can be like. And we don't want fans walking away thinking we're anything like that. You could hear the pigeons there on uh, on Sunday. So it'll be different. It's mm. a game we're not expected to win by any means. And it's a game very similar to this time last season. And I think... Uh, we're a better side. We're a side that's learning every single game. And I think we'll give them a real go, no matter what the result. I think there's got to be a lot more positives coming from playing a game like Aston Villa. How are you seeing it, Emily, in general? Um, I I actually I feel okay about it because I think for the first time this season, no one is going to go into that game with any level of complacency. And that was our biggest failing, I think, going into the Burnley game and the Luton game is that Everyone I spoke to talked about it as a nailed on three points. And obviously that came to bite us on the bum on both occasions. And we narrowly scraped past Sheffield United. But it does feel like this weekend is all about backs against the wall. And when backs are against the wall and we know what situation we're in, what are the players going to do? Are they going to turn up? What are the fans going to do? Are they going to turn up? I just hope the city ground roars our players on. Because, yeah, Villa are doing really well. They've got a very settled team. They're scoring goals. They're now defensively sound. They're in the top five in the Premier League. So, yes, they are a, a really good football side, but we should have nothing to fear. We can play football. We've seen that in the games where we've not scored the goals. Crystal Palace is a good um, example. So we know we can play football. And if we play football, concentrate, stick to the plan, no switching off, no no trying to do silly runs through the centre of midfield. Then hopefully, um, we, we can get something out of Villa. And I'm going to be I'm going to be confident and positive. Let's go for three points. Let's not just say, oh yeah, it'd be great to get a draw against Villa. Three points mm. at home, very much. And I mean, it was home form that really saved us last season, Greg. Ironically, it's probably been our weakness in the sense. I know we've got more points at home than away, but it, it's not been there yet. 
But are you some of the camp that you'd back us against anyone at home apart from maybe like Man City or something like that to, to win a game? I don't think the same confidence is there at home that it was towards the end of last season. A lot of us went into that Arsenal game expecting to get something. You know, there was genuine, genuine belief. Um, but things change, don't they? <laughs> you know, it's only going to take one win against a, a top 10 side at home to really change the way we feel about the place again. And and it's coming. We're, we're by far by far a terrible side. You know, we lost to Liverpool. We're in a second season. We're expected to lose to Liverpool as long as we're slowly progressing, you know, we'll we'll get there. So I even I've got a bit of realism now. And I think um Aston Villa's probably come at the perfect time. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on Steve Cooper already this e- early on again. But I feel like we'll we'll live up to that pressure and we'll really go for it. Just looking at Villa Emily, they're they're fifth in the league. They've won seven of ten and they've won eleven consecutive home games. But obviously this game's away. Their two defeats have been away, but admittedly that was Newcastle on the opening day and Liverpool 3 0. Anyone can lose 3 0 to Liverpool. If this was at Villa Park, I'd really be worried. But yeah, I mean, how highly do you rate Villa uh, for a start? And But you, you can still see us getting a win in this one, can you? It's not that I can see us getting a win, but why we should be going for a win. Mm. If we don't get a win and we get a draw, I think we, we mustn't. Um, you know, suddenly start panicking. And equally, I think you've said it before, if Villa beaters, they, they are one of the top sides in the Premier League at the moment. I do really rate them. They seem to have every department covered. Matty Cash, our former academy lad, who's doing wonders there as defensively and pushing further up the field. Douglas Louise, who's an amazing set piece taker. Obviously, Ollie Watkins has found form again. And um, they've got Martinez in goal, who's won an award at the Ballon d'Or. You know, they are a really good side with a really good manager. Um, I think this time last year when we went into the Villa game, they were quite boring. They weren't really doing anything. And in fact, at the, the beginning of the season, they were almost relegation fodder, but they've totally turned themselves around. And I think Villa's a team that we need to look to to think we can play like that. Because I think man for man, we we ha- I mean, we haven't got the attacking options that they've got at the moment, but we we shouldn't fear them. We really shouldn't fear them because we have been in games. We've talked about the games that we've been in and against some of the the better sides. For me, Liverpool was just no one was at, no one was there on Saturday. It was just it felt like a horrible horrible blip. Um, but we we've, we've got to go into the game with with confidence, not with an arrogance or a complacency, but with a confidence. We can't be scared. That was one of the problems on Saturday. I felt like the team was so scared to even put a tackle in to even you know, have a go. And I just think we've got to remember who we are and where we've, you know, where we've come from. And one good result, one good result, and we'll all be happy again. And I just think it needs to come sooner rather than later because I can feel the tide turning and it just, you know, just one good result. And why can't it be Villa on Sunday? Mm, yeah, that's my worry more that we lose and it gets it gets increasingly toxic. I'm not worried about Forest at the moment, but if we lose this game, and it gets more toxic, and then we lose the next one, and then the knives are out, and then it can cascade and spiral. So I feel like this is a crucial time. Uh, I think what is, we're not, on, we're not, please let's, those with short memories, remember the wilderness years we've had for 23 years in the Championship, in League One. We are in our second season in the Premier League. We're currently 16th with five points off the relegation zone. Chill out. 
we're fine. We're absolutely fine. And even if we finished 15th at the end of this season, it's our second season in the Premier League. Don't forget where we were when we changed a manager every three months. We're doing all right. Um, Watkins is in form unless you captain him in FPL and then he can't score against Luton. Um, but Eddie Nketiah will save you if you get him in on a wild card. Um, we mentioned strikers then, Greg. Watkins obviously genuinely is one of the top strikers in England. We're very short up front. We'll come on to Taiwo, but in general, we're lacking options. Is that the big worry for you that, you know, we don't look like scoring many goals as it is, do we? Um, but Tyro's going to be back. Tyro's fit. Tyro played the last 20 minutes. I think that's, well, that's a huge game. positive. You know, I don't think Wood's going to be be there, is he? But we've got Tyro, we've got Alanga, we've got Gibbs White, who needs to step up very soon. You know, he's, he's going to get there again soon. Quality like that just doesn't disappear. Um, if Tyro's on that starting team sheet on Sunday then it's a huge positive. You know, all the negatives about, yeah, short on striker. If he plays and he manages to get a, a full game or almost full game in, we're doing very well and we're going to have an incredible chance. He's, he's different class. You know, when he came on against Liverpool, you saw a difference. You see a difference in the way we play. And I just think if he has a good week's training, no setbacks, then, then that's a huge positive. Yeah, it's such a shame we were 2-0 down and really out of the game. If we'd been 1-0 down and Taiwo came on, or if Dominguez had taken that chance, mm. as bad as we played, and we did play very badly, we could have been in that. We did look a bit, well, looked significantly better at 4-3-3, uh, although Liverpool were probably taking it easy, which sort of leads into our lineup. So we'll go through um, what we've picked there, a few uh, different ones to talk around. Um, do you want to go first, Greg? I know you don't particularly enjoy these, Ooh. so do you want to get it out well, of the way? That's a good sign that you don't actually think it's a laughable team for which you usually save mine till last. <laughs> no, I don't think it's laughable. I'll read it out for the benefit of people um, not watching on YouTube or Facebook and people who are on iTunes. So it's um, Turner in goal, Bolly near Cassie, Murillo across the back three, Aurier Toflo as wing-backs. Sangare Mangala Dominguez is a three, and then Gibbs White and a one ye. Um, I do have some questions about it, obviously, but talk us through your thinking. I think Toffolo deserves the start. I didn't like, um, I thought one of our weakest players uh, against Liverpool was um, Ina. So I was, I was glad to, to swap him out. And I really wanted to get uh, Nico Williams in. I think Nico can be a real asset for us. The way he played towards the end of last season. Uh, he's clearly fit again. Sorry, some things come up. Um, so, yeah, I think he could be strength off the bench. But just having Taiwo, it was hard to make room for him. Uh, unfortunately, that's the only one for me was Alanga because I still think you don't drop Gibbs White, especially at home. So, the question, there's two questions around it. You want a, a back three at home, which I do think can work. I'm not saying it's a dud idea personally. I can see some see the logic to it. But I, I, my lineup's got a back four. What you? Why do you prefer a back three to a back four? Just because Villa is so good. I just like having three big centre backs, <laughs> and the <laughs> way you've seen you've seen Murillo. I know it failed massively on Sunday, but you've seen how he can push up and he can be that ex extra attacking force. Near Carte, and I know this. Some people hate the fact I'm going to say this. His throw-ins, they can almost pick him. That's an attacking threat. You know, it's a it's a corner from anywhere up to 15 yards into their box. Um, so, yeah, I just think, it, it, for me, I feel more comfortable with a back three. 
and the other big one is Turner in goal. There's so much debate yeah. over Turner. He's not mm. in my. He team. made a massive error. Yeah, he was. You know, he made one huge error, and it was. It was like, oh god, head in hands. Do you know what I loved after that? And I don't know whether it showed up on TV. Near Carty, when Turner's walking back to the goal, and we're on the second row right behind the goal, he looked so lonely. And I thought, oh, God, no Forest fans were giving him stick or shouting anything like that. Near Carty comes up behind Turner and he's clapping at the away fans, clapping them to say, come on, you know, it's mm. obvious he's, he's messed up. But I really liked that team spirit and almost it made me think they believe in him. They realise he'd messed up, but yeah. You know, we don't we haven't got a clue how good this other guy is. And I think Turner hasn't done hasn't made many mistakes. That's that was a massive clangor, but do you get dropped just for one one big one like that? I'm not sure. Uh well let's go into um Emily's lineup next then, because uh, that's got Vakodomos in it. So we'll ask Emily about that shortly and uh, then we'll do my team. And again, just reading it out for people uh, listening or watching, Emily's team is as follows. Lacolomos in goal, a back four of Aurier, Bolly, Murillo and Aina, a three of Mangala, Yates, Dominguez, and then an attacking trio of Gibbs-White, Awanyi and Ilanga. Um, talk to you thinking there, Emily. Yeah, with a heavy heart, I've switched Turner and put in Vlacodemos because I think we've, like you say, we've been waiting for him to turn to make mistakes to give Vlacodemos the chance to have a go. And I know what you're saying, Greg, that it was one howler on Sunday, but there have been a couple of dodgy moments for Turner over the last few games. And each time we've said, oh yeah, but it's not enough to drop him. It's not enough to drop him. It's no disrespect for Turner, but we've got to give Vlacodemos a chance at some point. He's the Greek keeper. He played for Benfica. You know, it, if it all goes wrong on Sunday against Villa with him in goal, I'd hold my hands up and say, yeah, fine. But I, I feel like this is the moment at home to give him a chance. Um, instead of a back four... Oh, do you, sorry, are you, am I talking through my whole team, Matt? Um, yeah, talk through your thinking in general, yeah, then I'll throw some names yeah, back at you. Four, back four, which is kind of my thinking for every home game, really. There's no reason why we shouldn't be going for a back four. And Steve Cooper alluded to that didn't he, after the game against Liverpool, that his plan was to go for a back four, even at Anfield. Um, and I know Ina didn't have the best game at Anfield, but I still think he's our best pick at left back. Um, and the other three in the defence kind of um, pick themselves, really. Controversially, I've dropped Sangare and bought Yates in only because of his work rate. And I know Sangari needs time to settle in and I know that he he is doing some things right, but I couldn't drop Mangala and I couldn't drop Dominguez. And I just think this game requires a Yates type character to A, get the crowd going, make sure the team spirit's right and just to get those tackles in. Um, I'm hopeful that a one year will be fit enough to start, even if he only gives us maybe an hour. Uh, Gibbs White and Elanga just for his pace, really, on the break. So, I mean, uh, Yates is probably the name that stands out most. Yeah. Are you is this you, you're giving Yatesy three games no matter what, or are you looking at West Ham away next and maybe Sangare straight back in? Are you doing it game by game in your mind? I, I just think, you know, as much as we've said we love this midfield trio of Mangala, Dominguez, and Sangare, it's not actually produced much, has it? They work well together, but I feel like. Every team needs a Yates. And I know the team's moving on and I know the standard is is moving up and we worry that Yates might be left behind in that. But I know we love stats. As the stats show, we win more games with Yates in the team than without him. And he seemed to galvanise the, the team in those 
20 or so minutes that he was on at the weekend. And why not just shake things up in the midfield? Because otherwise, what incentive has Sankari to improve if he's a guaranteed starter every week? Uh, one other name I'll ask you about then is Aurier. Mm -hmm. Was there any temptation to leave him out and put Toffolo in, in your mind? Because he hasn't been quite... Yeah, I don't think he's bad. He's been terrible, but I don't think he's been as good this season. What, Aurier? Sorry. Take out so, Aurier, make, play Ina or Williams Ina, right, right back, and bring back. The yeah. thing about Aurier is, and I know he, like we know, he's 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 prone to the um, odd howler as well, but it's his experience in these games. And I just still feel like... He's got that sort of captain vibe about him that I kind of want him on the pitch because he's he's good at organising um, and he hasn't done enough wrong for me to be dropped. Um, Toffolo struggled, I think, coming on as sub as well. So I guess if you're going to have Toffolo, he might best as a starter. Yeah, um, but yeah he's on the bench for me. Um, just going back to Gibbs White, Greg. I did it. I've recorded tomorrow's podcast already. I did it yesterday with John Bruin, who's on Football Weekly and writes for. He's a freelancer. I writes most for the Guardian, and he was saying to me, every Premier League team has a talisman or a top quality player, basically. And he said to me, "Who's who's that for you?" And I said, "Gibbs White," and I think it is. But like you say, he needs to put up some numbers now, doesn't he? Definitely, he's a great player. He's got some superb skill, uh, and. It, it's not quite been there yet this season. I mean, I'm I'm the one sticking up for him the majority of the time. Mm. Uh, but we know it's there. That's the frustrating thing. And maybe he's missing Jono and that link-up that he had. But the, the top, top players find find a new partner to dance with, don't they? So um, that'll come. Uh, we hope like your players like Sangari can become our, our talisman as well if Gibbs White isn't playing. But that hasn't materialised yet. These things take time. Um, but it'll come, and I do believe that. So, especially at home, you just keep playing Gibbs White. Yeah, and he should have had an assist probably on Sunday. You know, Dominguez missed a very good chance from a Gibbs White pass. Mm. So, yeah, I think that's right. And he was just looking bright with Hudson Adoy, and then he gets injured, and a few things have conspired against him this season, I think. So, yeah, he does need to find another gear, but I still back him to do it, certainly. Right, <coughs> excuse me. Let's put my team on and then I'll let these guys throw some questions at me, but I'll read it out as well. It's pretty similar to Emily's. It looks very wonky on the screen, I know. Uh, Vlacodimos in goal. Aurier, Bolly, Murillo, Aina as a back four. Mangare and Sangara sitting. Uh, and then Dominguez, uh, slightly more advanced. Gibbs-White in support for one knee with a Langer pushed off to the left. Um, I suppose a couple of points on that. Like Emily, just like a back four at home now. I think it's kind of a statement. And I think we should be all right with it. Uh, also being Vicodimos in goal, kind of spoke on Monday. It just feels like, um, to use a Greek analogy, he's got the sword of, I think it's his Greek, the sword of Damocles hanging over his head, Turner. So eventually he's going to get the chop. And after an error, feels like a time to do it. I don't know if Turner's confidence has gone, but sort of my confidence in him has a bit waned a little. Like I said on Saturday, uh, Monday, he doesn't feel that commanding. And I, I just want to see a different presence in there. I don't know if the Colomos is, is you know, going to be the answer, but I'd kind of like to find out, as I said. So he's in goal for me. Um, no reason to change the centre-halves. And I've put Mangala and Sangare sitting because Villa play this really high line and they'll press and squeeze the life out of you. So I feel like we need two sitting and both of them who were decent on the ball to try and beat a press. We just didn't see that at Liverpool at all. So Sangare is the one. Like Cameron, it's a real marginal call. Do you go for Yates' aggression? 
when the chips are down and you need a win. But I kind of feel like we should back that midfield three one more game. And if Sangare doesn't deliver, then against West Ham, I probably would go with the Ryan Yates to get about them. But in this instance, I'm pretty comfortable with the back three, uh, same three, sorry. And then Gibbs White obviously retains his place. We haven't really got any other options in attack, and I do back him. Uh, 60 minutes out of Taiwo, and then Elanga's pace, because Villa play this high line, can we get in behind them if we can get 90 minutes out of him? I do think we'll create chances. I think it's going to be a pretty tight game if we can put one away. Uh, any questions or comments at all, you guys there? Yeah. Um, do you know we keep saying back four at home? Have we have we done the back four at home most of the games this season? Since the new signings came in. We didn't yeah, we did it against I mean, Burnley when I would have kept a three because we just we've changed only the team won a lot one, then. That's what I mean. We've only won one game though, haven't we, at home playing that way? So <laughs> I don't, I don't know, know if we even played it against Sheffield United. Perhaps it was uh, I'll dig the team out of while we're doing the next question. But I'm I'm certainly not precious about starting Turner, by the way. You know, the more I listen to you two and especially when Emily was saying about his previous mistakes, yeah, maybe it is time. So I wouldn't be precious about that one. I just kind of have a bit of hope that that he'll make it through it. Because I think once the change does happen, it's going to take a hell of a lot to see him back in that number one spot again. Yeah. It is if we're hard to good, Turner, it. Is that what you've got to think is that we didn't buy Vatolfa Moss to sit on the bench. He, he's yeah. going to get a chance at some point. So why not now? And I think Turner shouldn't lose sleep over that. You know, he might get his chance again. We don't know how Vatolfa Moss is going to perform if, if he does indeed start on Sunday but I just think are we just missing a trick here if we're just sitting him on our bench and mm. waiting for six howlers in a row from Turner um, and, and, just, yeah. just particularly at Anfield I don't know what it was like being there Greg but watching it on you know watching it I was terrified absolutely terrified mm. I don't know I mean we were so close to the pitch sun in our eyes I'd never thought I'd get sunburn at the end of October but it happened <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't wish to dwell on that game much longer, but, you know, just watching Van Dyke, he's on a, a different class to any other defender I've yeah. seen. He didn't even break sweat, but you, you have to remember just what quality they are. And, yeah, yeah I mean... Well, yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, Turner didn't actually expect to be number one anyway, did he? He was going to be yeah. Henderson's backup, so... Yeah. yeah, I'm warming to it. And I think with regards to like the for me, I don't know what, how you feel about this, Matt, but for, for back four for me is a more positive, a more positive starting eleven. If we're going back five at home, that's quite defensive, and I think a the fan base will moan and groan at that. But also, what message are we sending to the teams we're playing against if we're having to go for a back five at home? I just think we need to be more positive. With our wing backs, we do because they're full backs, yeah. they're not wing backs. So yeah, if we were playing yeah. Tavares and. Williams or um, uh, Montiel's injured, I think. But he's more advanced. So, yeah, I see that. Another thing about Lacodemos and playing a back four, this is a fringe thing. I think it might give the fans a bit of a lift going into the game just to see a new yeah. player cheer his yeah. name when he's read out. Maybe uh, just help give us a bit of positive momentum because we do need to start the game well as well because uh, Villa are going to come at my only worry with all our teams, and it's, I guess, because of what we're faced with at the moment, is we don't really seem to have any width. It's quite narrow, isn't it? You know, who's, I guess, a Langer, obviously, will run up and down the wing, but it just feels like, I don't know, it's all a bit too compact in that centre-mid area. But I think that's the same for all our teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Langer is the way. He was the width against Luton. He got in so many yeah. good positions. He had a good game, but, yeah, that's why the midfield's so key, because they've got, um, they've got Kamara... 
and Louise, and then they'll play McGinn wide and Zaniolo wide, and they're quite compact. And then Diaby plays close to Watkins. It's all going to be, yeah, tight down the centre of the pitch. And we lost that battle so badly against Liverpool. We're going to have to do a lot better. And I've, I really dug Sangari out in our WhatsApp group, but I was really disappointed in him on the, in that game. I didn't think he played very well at all. And like I said, we said the week before, we've got to give him time. He's only played five games. He's only played six now. I still back him, but I think this is a game where I'd like to see him step up and Dominguez bring that energy and Mangala, who didn't have his best game against Liverpool. I think if, Manga- if Sangari plays badly, then I think Mangala struggles because you don't have that base to, to pass the ball. So, yeah, I think there's to be so fair, much though, Sangara, I don't think anyone had a good... Can you name who had a good game on, on Sunday? Oh, no one. Like, who was our man of the match on Sunday? I wouldn't give it to any of them. No, I thought Elanga tried his best, but he ran offside a lot and didn't Gibbs have a good... You know, he, he worked hard as he always does, but there wasn't anyone in the team that I thought, oh, yeah, they're putting a shift in. It was no. just, it was, we were non-existent. We might as well no. have just ordered the three points before the match started. Yeah, I mean, even Bolly, you know, his passing yeah. was bad, but his defending was fine. It was grim. It was one to forget. Greg doesn't want to talk about it anymore. It was yeah, it was, uh, it was £3.25 a pint before the game. I just uh, hope we get to go up there again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the cup, yeah. Certainly, certainly. Um, right, any other thoughts on the game, Greg, before we move on? Um, no, just the fact that we've, we've got, like you say, we've got to go for it, but we've got to be sensible. I just think keep it tight in the first half. And then then just see what happens, you know, take it into the second half with a lot of hope, the crowd behind us, and then give it a real go. Um, yeah, see what happens. Just yeah. got to get that crowd behind them. That's yeah. the key. I think the only worry about that, and I think you're dead right, the only worry is we've got Ty- Taiwo who can only play an hour. So, and we Elanga, he looks gassed after 70 minutes. So you kind of feel like we need to be leading by then, because when we take Tyro off, which we're going to have to, I'm sure, I can't see any scenario where he plays 90 minutes unless he, if he does, he's got a very good chance of getting injured. Uh, so I think we need to be right in the game and maybe have a lead going into the last 20 minutes, and then it might. You be are doing well. At, you're doing well at bring me back down to earth each time that I get up today. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but it just, I mean, it's true though, isn't it? We people are saying, you know, we should be doing a lot better, and probably over the course of the season, I think we should be couple of points better off but we are struggling in attack it's very hard to score goals when you've got a striker who can play 60 minutes and no one else and no, I'm going to uh, say Anthony this Langer, who's very raw I was going to save this but seeing as we're saying about points and stuff uh, after 10 games last season we were on hold on a minute minus 16 goals and five points 10 games this season minus five goals 10 points it's about yeah. progression, isn't it? You know, yeah. you look at Brighton, first five seasons, like we say, not outside the bottom five or whatever it is. We have clearly improved on this time last season, clearly. It isn't a disaster just yet. We're very lucky that the teams below us are very poor, but we still didn't manage to beat them. But our points tally so far is looking up, it's looking better, it's looking more positive. So I don't think it's the doom and gloom that we're seeing online is realistic as to where we are yeah i know people would say to that oh but we spent a lot of money and we should you know we've got a lot better sky we should be a lot higher <laughs> we're gonna have if to keep spending table, money yeah i know and if you look at the table we've got 10 points if we beat also, Luton, i've said this a lot if we beat Luton, we'd be on 12 
And if we beat Palace, which we might have done, you know, we'd be where we'd be top eight. We could easily be. We just let ourselves down in a couple of games. So that's why the next few games are important. So I don't want it to cascade. And then you fear for the manager. We've got to get it right the next four. But I don't think we've got it terribly wrong. Obviously, the manager got it wrong against Luton. And this just creates such a hangover. Like that, like that Bournemouth thing. game last season, it, that hung around like a bad smell for so long. And the I just think teams. if it doesn't go our way, if it doesn't go our way this Sunday, let's not panic. I think that's really, really important. And you mentioned the fact we've spent more money. They've still got to get to know each other. They've still got to learn how to play together. You could have the best 11 players in the world, but if they don't know how each other works, they won't work as a team. They still need time to gel. And I'm not saying they should still be gelling now or they should be ready, but just... Just, I just think we just need to calm a bit. You know what Greg said about where we were last season to this season. That's progress. It's and two progress. of the teams, two of the teams that were on ten points this time last season, uh, Palace and West Ham, they're the teams that we're aiming to be like this season. I know I want Europe, and I want to get there sooner rather than later. But being realistic, yeah, it's probably not going to be this year. So you know, as long as we keep building and we pick up results like we may well do at the weekend, things are going to look a lot better. Yeah, I'm not going on a bit here, but all the teams above us, there's a few with problems as well. Chelsea are going to get better. They're only two points above us. Palace can't score a goal because mm-hmm. they haven't got any strikers, which is a problem, as we've said. Fulham, I think I think Fulham are going to struggle. I think they're really overrated. Uh, and then Everton are doing okay. Bournemouth having a really rough time. Uh, and then I, I think that bottom four, Bournemouth, Luton, Burnley, Sheffield United, if they maintain their current managers then I think that they might be pretty set for a long time so we're just not far away I know I keep saying it but we just need to get it right in these next few matches and find a couple of results like West Ham West Ham have got Brentford this week if they lose that that'll be three defeats in a row so uh, and I think they will so we could go there with a bit of confidence we just need to take something into it from this Villa game a point a performance whatever I think we were already better away than we were last year. So I think, yeah, we can go in with confidence. And Everton got a result there, didn't they? So why can't we? Um, I don't think West Ham are um, anywhere near at their best at the moment. Um, Yeah, so I don't see why we couldn't pick up something there. No, keep Jared Bowen quiet and you've got a chance. Right, um, anything you want to add before we uh, finish, Greg? Um, Oh, I was so lucky on Friday. Sam Perkins... Uh, you know, going through motor neuron disease, raising hundreds and hundreds of thousands for charity research into MND. Uh, we had a charity golf day. And Sam being Sam, you know, he just asks questions and keeps asking and gets gets all these people to come along and is lucky enough to have Johnny Owen as a patron for his charity. So he got some of the forest legends there. We had Paul Anderson. He was just a great bloke, brilliant to talk to, just such a lovely bloke. And Steve Cooper, he came along as well. So I was talking to him and when he walked away, it reminded me of an NFL saying, uh, because I was telling him what I thought and this, that, he was having a great conversation. And about then it Forrest, was, uh, not tactics. Oh, no. Well, mainly about dogs and stuff, to be honest. <laughs> but no, we had a quick chat about Forrest. And I walked away smiling to myself, thinking that uh, in the NFL, they say it's something like if a, if a manager listens to what fans and pundits have to say, it's not long before they're sitting with them. Mm, <laughs> I thought, yeah. I thought to yeah. myself, yeah, he's just listened to me there thinking that. Yeah, probably. I, yeah. I mean, people, someone said, oh, do you think people have always listened to us? I, I, I've always said this. I hope they don't. Certainly the coaching yeah. staff surely don't. He doesn't. I promise. No, <laughs> thank God. Thank God he really shouldn't. No, definitely. Uh, any of the, no offence to the Forest 
podcast people, but yeah. If Steve Cooper is watching, welcome, and you are always welcome. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> One thing on the charity, though, whilst it was such an incredible night, he's running a campaign at the minute, Sam is, on his Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Stand Against MND, just Google it, search for it. I'm always banging on about it. He's running the 50-50 campaign. Because 50% of people with MND die within a very short period. I think it's two years. Mm. So he's looking for 50 people or, vol or groups of people to raise £500 for him. All the fundraising page, everything's set up. You can do whatever you want. Uh, and if 50 people or 50 groups of people raise £500, that's 25 grand that's going to go straight into research into motor neurone disease. So we're at about 32 at the minute. So... If anyone's doing something crazy or silly or running to wherever over the next few months and you want to do it for a good cause, please get in touch. Did you do anything crazy or silly financially at the event? Oh, <laughs> hold on a minute. <laughs> this is good audio for people listening on iTunes. What, what have you got there, Gregory Mitchell? You know, you have these... Uh, these charity auctions and they always wait till you've got a little bit drunk <laughs> well we ended up buying brennan johnson's boots Ooh, <laughs> look at those. they are ridiculous like, i mean i used to play football in puma kings and they were like heavy as a thing these have got like no laces the lightest things uh plastic free like like. like, no no they're brand new oh they're brand new yeah oh. yeah just part of his uh, collection of his I imagine but yeah. you know fair play to him and thank you so much for him for donating him and uh, I was the one who drunkenly well me and Laura I must say decided to make a sound financial investment late into the night oh, I didn't even know if Laura knew about it so she was aware of this yeah before. yeah she was uh, she was fully involved yeah she's an accomplice but yeah mm. we raised loads of cash and money and some of the prizes were incredible well, well done to you. Well done to Brennan for the boots and well done to the whole charity. Uh, great work that you all do. Uh, Emily, anything you want to add before we depart? Uh, just a quick thing. I've just seen on some of the Facebook groups um, suggestion on Sunday that the fans should maybe do something for Adam Johnson, the Panthers player that passed away at the weekend. Um, and one of the suggestions was is that maybe we could clap for him on the 47th minute. That was his number, wasn't it, with the Panthers? So I think that's a really good idea. I don't know what you guys think, but I think we we probably need to do something for him because, as we know, that the sports teams in Nottingham are all very close to each other. And it was it was obvious from some of the social media posts that the the, the Forest players were obviously really upset and, and shocked by what happened. And I'm sure the fans are too. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. You posted in the WhatsApp group, Greg, Greg that um, tribute that the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins did because he played for them, scored his one NHL goal uh, mm. for them. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, the hockey. I mean, I've got friends who go home and away for the Panthers and the hockey family. They really are something else, aren't they? And it's just tragic, absolutely tragic. You know, just such a lovely bloke. And I think it'll be a real nice... A nice touch if we show how you know we're thinking of all of them as well, and especially him and his family. Just, just an unbelievable tragic incident. Mm, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a pan. I've been to one Panthers game about four years, but I go to all of them. As I said on Monday, there's a lot of good people there, and I've seen a few videos of Johnson, and he seemed like a good guy, good, good teammate, as they say in ice hockey. So yeah, a tragic loss. Right, a sour note to end on, but uh, important that we mention it. 
if you've enjoyed this, do like and subscribe as ever. And uh, we shall be back on Monday. Uh, not sure who with, but hopefully discussing a positive result. Uh, and I did say uh, about that John Bruin episode, it would have come out by the time um, we did this. So do go back and watch it if you haven't, because there's some good stuff there. Right, uh, Greg, thank you very much. Thank you. Bring your scarves and stuff on Sunday. Make it an absolute fortress. Yes, very much needed. Bring the noise, as they say. Uh, Emily, thank you very much. Thank you. I've got my scarf, Greg. I found it. So I'll bring my scarf to you. <laughs> Good. Right. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks very much to everyone who's watched uh, along or listened along. Uh, like, subscribe, give us a good review, etc., etc. Have a good few days and we shall see you soon.